Okay, everyone, wild honeybees, welcome to the first conversation of a new season of the Wild Honey Collective, an exploration of wildness through an eco-feminist lens. Today's episode, I am honored to have had Sia Alexander of Pure Lagos in Norfolk, Virginia, my hometown, join us to speak about her work as a healer, an entrepreneur, a curator, and you might say, I might say, a pollinator of spiritual consciousness. This season is broadly all about healing work, which to me is really the work of making whole what has been divided and to understand ourselves as pollinators of holistic nourishment that speaks not just to the body, but also to the mind, the spirit, and the collective. And in this season, throughout all of our conversations, we will be cross-pollinating wisdom from disciplines of healing that have been separated from learning and being in conversation with one another, from allopathic to traditional folk medicinal traditions, as well as beyond disciplines that we even think of as belonging to the healing arts or sciences. And so Sia gets us started in that thread of conversation quite beautifully as she speaks about Pure Lagos, her vessel for recreating an Afropolitan experience in Norfolk, Virginia, that condenses her love for Nigeria and healing others into a thriving and dynamic enterprise of fair trade apothecary, fashion, art, health, beauty, classes, and social life and all inspired by Afropolitan brilliance. She is the author of I Am, You Power This Life, as well as Death is a Gift, God Loves Sex and Money, and the incredible book of 101 Wild Woman Affirmations. So she is the founder and curator of Pure Lagos in Norfolk, Virginia, a fair trade Afropolitan boutique and art gallery, and she holds a bachelor's in science from Howard and Stanford University in human psychology, and has worked and trained extensively in Paris, Cape Town, and West Africa in herbology, nutrition, yoga, and spiritual healing. She is currently working on her MA in therapeutic herbalism and PhD in depth psychology. You have chosen the right episode for this day, this moment, and this time in our lives where we need this kind of dynamic and holistic knowledge to be shared. So Sia is here to do that in just a moment here. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Art, Humor, and Soul, a nonprofit that supports and amplifies the voices of edgewalkers through art that catalyzes change, laughter that brings us together, and soul, awakening to the creative spark within. So thank you very much to the Center for Art, Humor, and Soul for supporting this podcast. And lastly, I just wanted to say that the stories and experiences shared here should not be taken as medical advice because This is Sia's story and philosophy that she is sharing from her own experience and context. So listen with curiosity, but be mindful of your own story and body's needs as you integrate what she has to say. Enjoy! 
Amelia, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Amelia. Thank you. So, first of all, by way of introduction, and since it is Taurus season, what in your life is making you feel the most grounded right now? Oh, wow. I feel like you're so in tune with me to ask me that as my first question. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that, Amelia. Right now, I'm doing something that is quite transformative. And I'm 11 days into a 40-day fast. I have not had anything to eat for 11 days and only fresh juices occasionally and water and this is making me feel very grounded right now as well as very uplifted wow i remember when i met with you for a consultation around food you told me a story about one of the longest fast that you've done which if I remember it was 40 Mm -hmm. days that's incredible I didn't know that a person could fast for that long can you describe how you how you began this practice and what Mm -hmm. it means to you yeah you know Amelia this is one of the things in my life that um has I would say the deepest um, meaning fasting for me is my power source. It's what has allowed me to become the person I am, to live in this world um, as a healer and an empath. To be able to stay grounded and um, to live my purpose. And I discovered it sort of uh, serendipitously when I was about 23. And it wasn't something that I grew up hearing about or that, you know, someone who is as... Um, you know, I've always been really skinny and I got teased about that a lot growing up. So mm. it wouldn't have been something that uh, would have crossed my path, you know, um, as a thing to do if it were not for just a really unique um, introduction that I had in, uh, in New York City many, many years ago. And so I decided to fast my first time for a long time because I wanted to get a handle on some of the issues that I was facing Uh, during that period. I was working as a model and I was flying all over the world and it was really stressful. And um, I wanted to access a spiritual dimension. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And it really changed my trajectory. It's the reason why I got out of modeling and started to focus on my 
um, passion for healing others. It's the reason why my health, some of the health issues I was facing, I no longer have. Um, it's something that I do um, yearly. But to be honest, this is the, this will be the second time, only the second time that I will have fasted this long since that time when I was about 24. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm at 11 days. Wow. That is astounding to me. I, the longest that I've fasted has been two. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. 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 And it's interesting because I've not even been hungry, which is a a real uh, sort of shock to me. I'm wondering why am I not hungry? Because I've not eaten and I (laughs) am not hungry. I have no, um, no attraction to food in terms of, um, you know, material edibles. I'm getting a lot of food for the spirit, for the soul, mm. from aromas, from essential oils, from meditation, from um, sounds, music, yeah, from visual. So, in a way, you know, I am imbibing. Mm. Um, substance yeah and it's really filling me up so even in this first five minutes of our conversation you've been able to point to how through your spiritual practice and your work as a healer you are in the practice of reimagining and defining for a community for a collective as I see Mm -hmm. what is possible what is possible for the body um especially and I have also kind of gotten that impression from your writing um your books that you've published Mm -hmm. and so I just think that's yeah a perfect example of how you you represent a very expansive way of thinking about the world. Can you talk about how your spiritual and um, nutritional physiological practices come into Pure Lagos and how you try to bring that practice into your work through Pure Lagos? Yeah, so... That I do on multiple levels. On one hand, um, in a very practical way, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I sell and um, offer services that are very, um, I sell products and offer services that are very holistic and healing and Uh, beautifying and transformative, you know, creams and oils and teas and um, 
different tools for massage mm. and meditation, yoga. But um, on another level, my uh, my approach to doing business or or being a part of commerce is very very spiritual. I look at what is happening between a so-called owner and a so-called customer as a spiritual exchange that it's really um, an egalitarian relationship where uh, myself and, and the other person or people are coming together to share our selves to give of ourselves to each other and in mutual support to prosper each other. So I don't really, and I haven't since I started here in Norfolk um, at Pure Lagos, I haven't looked at it as, um, okay, I want to sell you this and I want you to pay me that. And that's our relationship. I felt that those who the spirit wants to exchange, uh, put me in exchange with, are sent to my shop or my boutique or gallery for spiritual growth that is mutual. And the selling and buying is sort of incidental to the real relationship that we share, which is very, very spiritual. And it has as its greater purpose to heal the earth, mm. people on it, and all the living beings for eternity. So those would be the two levels that I bring in the spiritual component, the healing holistic component to my role as a pure Lagos um, founder, owner, yeah. Yeah, that comes through. I was, again, kind of lost for words trying to introduce Pure Lagos um, or just fit it into an introductory sentence, like all of the craft and goods and art that you're weaving together into such beautiful spaces that truly welcome people in with this sense of hospitality that feels very authentic and um, loving, but also mm -hmm. very artfully and unexpectedly kind of intuitive. It feels like a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I, I would love if you could explain Pure Lagos for someone who hasn't seen it or visited before in your own words. Mm -hmm. So Pure Lagos arose out of my uh, love for Nigeria. I spent a lot of years living and working in Lagos, Nigeria. And although it has been deemed one of the worst places on the planet, I had um, one of the best experiences of my life um, during my time there. And so what I did was condense that love into 
a business into an enterprise and called it pure Lagos. And um, so basically what I offer at Pure Lagos is an Afropolitan experience in Norfolk, Virginia to return to Nigeria, to be in the best of Lagos, to see Lagos through my eyes, through my heart, via the art on the walls, the artisanal goods, um, artifacts, fashion, um, herbal mixtures, vibe, music, food, mm. everything that I love about Nigeria, I want to share it with you through Pure Lagos. So when you describe it as kind of like, it's um, it, it almost seems like it's um, difficult to um, sort of pigeonhole into one thing. And it's because it's everything that I love about Lagos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I remember encountering it for my first time. Well, there are different locations, right? So each at each location, you're getting a slightly different atmosphere and impression, which is, I see that how that can fit into this idea of trying to um, embody so much, a place that represents so much right. to you. Mm-hmm. But the place, the time that I remember when I think of you, because I had met your partner the first time at the other location, um, is your location in the Freemason district. And I was riding my bike around and encountered this white stucco building with a pastel blue doorway and this big window and through the window you can see this tea parlor that is Mm -hmm. hung with really amazing decor and art and tarot decks and there was Mm -hmm. incense burning and there were there was music playing and you at the counter and you serve tea it's just such a beautiful experience and thank you yeah and i think of the way that our culture is so caught up in binary thinking and how you say that lagos is deemed bad and what does that make those who deem it good mm-hmm. like the united states who has perpetuated so much harm and destruction in so many ways across the the world right and then that way of thinking can invisibilize so much of the wholeness that is actually present and available for us to integrate in our approach to self-expression and taking care of our whole selves. So it feels like what you're bringing into Pure Lagos is a reimagining of that binary that says, what is this place and am I here to shop or to remember who my ancestors knew that I could be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I like to always make the connection when we get to talk in with folks who come in that Lagos is not far because 
um, it's not far from Norfolk because the black people who live here are descendants of of uh, coastal Africans who were forcibly brought from the region that is now called Nigeria and Ghana, Senegal, Liberia, forcibly um, brought to this region of the Americas. So this is not the first time Lagos has come to Norfolk. Mm. The first times were traumatic. They were uh, violent. They were vicious and deeply uh, wounding. And in my experience as the um, proprietor of Pure Lagos, I've wanted to bring Lagos in a beautiful way to Norfolk in order to right those wrongs, uh, to heal that passage, to uh, resurrect uh, a beauty that once was, that got uh, sullied. And every day that I'm doing this business, I'm feeling the call of the ancestors to keep it up, Sia, you know, continue. We love it. This is, you know, what we dreamed of, hoped for, always wanted to be able to link uh, with our uh, family members, brothers and sisters across the ocean in a way that is not um, inhumane, in a way that is free and and liberatory and loving and kind so it's a very meaningful uh business for me and i i almost want to call it um a a mission or a vision that engages in the sacred commerce mm. instead of a business because the land speaks um, of this, this territory, this region speaks of the trauma from um, the Lagos-Norfolk connection. And I felt it growing up. I grew up here, born and raised. And I sense that on a spiritual level, we, as you know, the, those who inhabit the earth right now, need to do um, ritual daily, practically, to heal the land and the people on it. And so my ritual is pure Lagos. And by grace, I was able to get four locations established here. And I feel like these locations are not what just what they seem on at face value, places you can go and buy African stuff. These are places, um, key points of healing that connect um, Nigeria, West Africa, and coastal Virginia in a way that will heal the trauma that's in the air, that's in the atmosphere from that journey. And 
this includes our artists and friends and family back in Lagos, Pure Lagos direct affiliates in Lagos. You know, it's very profound for them to, to hear of their art being sold here in Norfolk. Their, the issues that Nigeria faces are paramount and we could, that could take a whole nother podcast to talk about. So mm -hmm. a lot of these artists that you see their works on our walls, they're not living in an environment that supports art. These are struggling youth who are on the streets of, you know, one of the so-called most dangerous cities in the world. And they're making beautiful art. They're making colorful, vibrant, eclectic, profound art against all odds. So when we sell it here, it's not just someone taking home, oh, this is beautiful, I'm gonna hang it and get it framed and put it on my wall. These are exchanges that are helping to rectify the deep injustices of colonialism, slavery, racism, um, um, and all the other, <laughs> all the other um, atrocities that um, that the West has um, conducted in Africa and the world, and just that humanity has. Um, been responsible for to other humans. Yeah, so it's not just a simple buying of art from us, in my view. Yeah, thank you for that. And I'd, I wanna tease out a few things that you, that you spoke to. One being the Nigerian youth who create the art that you curate and share with people in Norfolk and beyond. How have you established that connection? And yeah, the other pieces, how have you, your ability to travel and experience Lagos, having that experience means so much to you and then coming home to this place mm -hmm. where you were raised, how has that story unfolded for you? Yeah, that's another great, great question. I'm so glad you asked me. Um, I have a partner, my business partner, Joseph Chike Nwabogu, and he is really the, um, he's that foundation that allowed me to do what I'm doing. He's the man behind the scenes that provided for me the, the specific avenue to be able to create Pure Lagos in America. For the last 20 odd years in Lagos, he has been a pioneer in contemporary African art. At a time when in Nigeria and different parts of West Africa, no one cared about art or, you know, surprisingly with just the culture, the beauty of Africa with colonialism and um, post-colonial um, so-called democratic governments throughout West Africa, art, music, um, culture, sanity even got 
um, left on the wayside for greed and oil generated wealth and exploitation and corruption. <laughs> so what he did, what Joseph did is bring to the forefront the, um, the natural original traditional beauties of Africa that have nothing to do with oil, um, have nothing to do with um, diamonds or, you know, other exploited resources that have to do with the fundamental beauty of the people and the culture that's not monetarily um, um, valued and, but has all the wealth that one needs for happiness in life. And so he started an African art gallery in Africa when that was a really weird thing to do, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. And he curated art from the local artists and he put it up on the walls and he, you know, called for exhibitions and for folks to come out and people loved it and people were moved deeply by it. And he, in, in many ways, risked his life and, and limb to do this because it was considered almost anti-government to do art. It was not something that was valued or respected and it was, seen, it was deemed threatening. So he had been doing that for, you know, way before I came on the scene. And once my modeling sort of um, fizzled out and took me in a different direction, I ended up in Nigeria. I met Chike, Joseph Chike, and I saw what he was doing. So in a sense, Pure Lagos is a bit of a copy because um, I just kind of took his formula <laughs> and brought it here and tweaked it with my own um, unique offerings. But he's been doing this in Lagos very successfully at a place called Bogabiri House and Nimbus Art Gallery. And what we've what we have here with our various galleries um, is very, very patterned after that um, creation of his. And we've even just expanded into a really beautiful um, rooftop condo in the Neon District where we, we, where we call it Bogabiri House. So it's like Bogabiri House in Norfolk, but it already exists in Lagos, Nigeria. And we've had, the response has been amazing. People coming out, um, eating African food, listening to Fela, Femi Kuti, dancing, um, vibing, discussing uh, political, social, uh, health, community health issues, hanging out with the art, taking pictures, uh, families, children, uh, people of all races from all, you know, all parts of uh, Virginia and uh, the United States and out of the country. So I'm really happy to see that the, the direction that Pure Lagos is taking is sort of moving out of the galleries and moving into um, just gathering, a gathering space where people can just come together and just celebrate and enjoy each other and experience 
all that we have to offer at Pure Lagos, but not necessarily in a shopping context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That is so amazing. I am going to be in Norfolk this weekend, so I would be extremely excited if I could make it by. Yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Please do. Our weekends are really, um, really pretty exciting because we've got lots of folks that come through and artists, and we've even got some artists from Nigeria that are coming in. We've got rooms there for people to stay. So it's really, really great. It's real cool. I am super amazed by the holistic liveliness of that vision. Mm -hmm. It also reminds me of when I was living in Norfolk a year and a half ago, I would drop by the classes that you were offering on African Igbo philosophy, herbalism, arts, and just cultural topics spanning anthropology, sociology, identity, politics, arts. And Mm -hmm. I found that to be an extremely rare and valuable reimagining of how we gather and how we construct social space. You are offering those cultural education moments for people to gather in this like in this beautiful space and in a way that felt culturally like alive and vibrant Mm -hmm. and those classes were ten dollars and it felt like this was a way during the pandemic that people could connect at an accessible level at the level of the street like the commons right and yeah I would love if you could expand on some of those teachings that you are weaving into this this environment of socializing yeah well one thing I did a um, a graduate program in community and indigenous psychology and one of my favorite classes was the the circle uh, learning about the traditional style of meeting for the community in a circle and so that kind of informed my um, workshop and classes offering at Pure Lagos, where I just wanted to put out there to the community that we have these subjects that we like to talk about, that uh, Joseph and I sit around and <laughs> excitedly discuss all the time. And we'd like to include you We'd like you to come on in and sit down with us in a circle and talk about Igbo philosophy, for instance. Joseph is Igbo and he speaks fluent Igbo, which is not that, it's quite rare. Um, Most Igbo guys and gals of his age um, did not learn their traditional language. Mm. So he really loves to speak it. I've been learning it and we offer workshops in a circle where you can also learn it. And then I have expertise in herbology and Ayurveda and meditation um, and tarot. And so I like to offer 
the opportunity for the community to come in and circle and we discuss topics along those lines. So basically it's been an avenue to expand our little circle to the community where we can all come together and talk about um, interesting, relevant uh, topics that can help us heal personally and uh, community-wide and globally that can inspire us, uh, help us to know about our ancestors, where we came from, and help us to learn about teas and what they can be used for and how they taste and ways to sweeten without honey and um, to heal the body naturally without drugs. So it's been, that's been a really exciting component um, just to have those workshops and classes and to have it as a walk-in during the pandemic. Um, and people have been really receptive and it's the memories of that time are so poignant of just people's uh, people's expressions that we were open, the expressions on their faces that we were open, that we were there for them to sit down and commune. Yeah, that, that's something I will never forget during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can very much relate to that especially living in a city that I didn't know anybody and like you guys were in my neighborhood and I would always just come by and your door was always open and yeah like I said it was a sanctuary yeah so we started with the body and I think it feels appropriate to circle back to the the place of the body as we come to the end of the conversation you have trained in a lot of different healing arts in psychology like you said and from all over the world right herbology nutrition yoga ayurveda depth psychology and i'm curious how you understand healing in the body like where does it come from what powers it and what cultural forces here in our space our cultural space are kind of making us sick oh I love that question yeah that question is so just aligned with my thinking these days because I've come Um, full circle a lot of times throughout my life as far as healing is concerned. At one point, you know, I thought, okay, becoming a vegetarian, then I'll be healed. Becoming a vegan, then I'll be healed. Raw food, then I'll be healed. Meditation, I'll be healed. Yoga, I'll be healed. Um, What I've come to understand now is that healing is not something that occurs through through external means. The body uh, naturally heals itself. It doesn't need anything from outside to do that. It, it, it's a self-informed, sufficient system designed by the Most High 
to heal itself. And what it needs in order to do that is no intervention from the ego mind and the ego activity. So basically that, that's basically saying in a nutshell, be still and know that within your body is God. There is no sickness um, or disease that um, is outside of the ego mind, I believe. Therefore, if you take your mind out of it, your body cannot be sick. Of its own accord, it's a self-healing mechanism. It, it's, it's constructed in a way that loves to heal itself. It, it constantly um, acts as its, as its purpose to heal. That's what your body does. So the only sickness is in the mind of sort of a self that's separate from God, that believes itself independent from the, its creator. Once you take your mind out of that belief and put your mind in a knowing that I am of God, I am of spirit, I am of the one, I am the universe unfolding in a healed, whole, beautiful way, you will not be sick. Sickness will not be a, a reality for you. And I found that through direct personal experience. And I love it. It's, it's one of the things that um, like I said in the beginning, fasting is um, the meaning of it uh, is so profound in my life to be able to be still and let um, and let God to to let go and constant um, imbibing of material stuff. acquisition of things or overeating or uh, substance abuse or um, media intake, all of those um, activities um, sort of get in the way of the stillness that your body-mind needs and requires in order to maintain its natural self-healing capacity. Yes. Yeah, that's what I have come to know. Mm. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. to close, yeah, I want to ask in the in the spirit of of a voice and an activist and cultural worker Venus Roots who has a podcast that I really like called Getting to the Root. Um, she asks, what's keeping you in the space of optimism? Mm. 
Yeah, that's also a good question. You know, it's it's not um, the easiest thing right now. When you look at the world through your five senses, to remain optimistic. And so what I do is I look at the world through my third eye. And through my third eye, everything is beautiful. Mm. Everything is beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And I hope that you continue to be fed by all of your senses, wishing you strength and peace as you go through the rest of your fast. And I know that on the other side of it, you will be very powerful and moving towards <laughs> incredible things. So, um, Thank you, Amelia. So much love to you. Thank you all beautiful beings for listening. And I hope you found something fortifying in this conversation. Thank you once again to the amazing Sia Alexander for sharing her powerful perspective. Follow the podcast, please, on any platform you find your pods and on Instagram at wildhoney.collective, where I am selling a new collection of hoodies and shirts that you are going to want to take a look at. They are golden, they are cozy, they are soft, and they are beautiful. So please check us out. New episodes come out every two weeks. And if you can take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, that is so helpful. I would be so grateful. It really helps an independent podcast like this one reach more people. You can follow Pure Lagos on social media platforms as well as connect with Sia's many offerings at sialove.org and of course at one of their amazing four locations in Norfolk, Virginia in the Selden Market, the Freemason District, the MacArthur Mall, and the Neon District. Wow, highly recommend you do that because you are in for a magical Afropolitan experience. That is all, and I will speak to you guys in two weeks. And until then, remember, pollinate your wildest dreams. <laughs>